Today we're going to continue our series called Promises, Promises. Have you ever had anyone break a promise they made to you? A promise you were counting on? A promise that you were depending on? A promise that you were all excited about? Of course you have. All of us have. Years ago, when I was a young pastor, I I had resigned the church that I had been serving for some time. I was waiting on God for my next assignment. A pastor friend of mine resigned his church about the same time. His church was much bigger than my church. It was filled with young families. The facilities were, were much nicer and larger. It would be a really good opportunity for me and my family. To be honest with you, it looked very appealing to me. This pastor said to me one day, said, he said, you, he said, Mike, he said, you are the perfect fit for this church. And he said, the leadership in this church is asking me for a recommendation. I'm going to recommend you. And he went on to say, he said, I promise that they're going to call you. Yeah, he said, he said, whatever you do, he said, don't get far from the phone because they will call you. Well, I must tell you that I literally salivated just thinking about the opportunity. But they never called. Later, I discovered that he had recommended a family member instead of me. Promises, promises. Has anyone ever broken a promise they made to you? Of course they have. Hey, even Jesus experienced broken promises. Remember the promise Peter made to Jesus? Lord, he said, Lord, I'll never deny you. Lord, he said, you can count on me. Lord, all the other disciples, they, they, they may leave you, they may forsake you, they may deny you, but Lord, you can, you can count on me. I'm your, I'm your right-hand man. I'm your man of faith and power for the hour. Lord, I'll never deny you. But before the rooster crowed, announcing the beginning of the very next day, Peter had, had already denied his Lord three Promises, promises. Is there anybody that keeps their promise? Can can we depend on the promises of anyone? The answer, only one. Only one. God is the only one who is 100% reliable. He and he alone keeps every single promise. And he has made plenty of them. I don't know who it was, but somebody counted 7,487 promises that God made to man. I love 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 4. It says that we have been given by God exceedingly great and precious promises. And Hebrews chapter 6 and verse number 18 tells us that that it is impossible for God to lie. Well, last Sunday we talked about God's promise of protection. Today we're going to talk about God's promise of provision. 
We are living in unprecedented times. Although there is absolutely nothing new under the sun. In fact, the Bible tells us there's nothing new under the sun. And yet, it is new to us. It is new to us. It is unprecedented for us. For most of us, we have never experienced times like these. We've never felt this volatile. We have never felt this uncertain. We've never felt this insecure. There has never been a time in our lifetime where we needed God and we needed his promises more than we do today. The good news is we have God and we have his promises. The good news is God and his promises are reliable. Oh, they are dependable. They are trustworthy. Well, let's take a look at God's promise of provision for a little bit this morning. I want us to look at three of the 300 things God promises to provide. First of all, I want to talk about faith. Perhaps you wouldn't even have thought of that. Are you aware that even faith is one of God's provisions? In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 6, it says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. That man cannot please God outside of faith. But guess what? God has provided us with faith. See, no one has an excuse for not pleasing God because it requires faith to please God, and God has provided faith for us. Notice three things about faith this morning. Three things I want to share about faith. First of all, faith is given to us. It's given to us. Romans chapter 12 and verse 3 says, God has given to all of us. Say to all of us. Yeah, God has given to all of us a measure of faith. So no one can say that they don't have any faith because Paul says that faith has been given to us. Not only has faith been given to us, but I want to tell you that faith can be grown. Yeah, faith can be grown. Faith is planted in our hearts like a seed. A seed only grows into a plant or grows into a crop only if it is watered, only if it is fertilized, only if it is cultivated. And so it is with faith. Paul writes in Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, he says, faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of the Lord. And in 2 Corinthians 10 and 15, Paul wrote to the Corinthian saints and he said to them, he said, my hope is that your faith will grow. Yes, God has given every man a measure of faith. We began with faith. God has given to us faith as a gift. But then after we receive that gift of faith, then we need to grow that gift of faith that has been given to us and given to every man. And oh, listen, listen, we are living in a day where faith is more important than it has ever been. There's never been a day when faith was more important than the day that we're living in today. I was thinking about this this week as I was preparing this message. Consider this. Perhaps baby faith 
that got you through in the past might not be enough to sustain you through what we are experiencing in the present. Let me repeat that. Perhaps baby faith that got you through in the past might not be enough to sustain you through what we are experiencing in the present. So my question to you this morning is, are you growing your faith? Are you growing your faith? Let me ask you this question this morning. What are you doing with the extra time that you have on your hands right now? I know this doesn't apply to everybody. There are essential workers, and there are a lot of us working from home. But still, most of us have more time on our hands than we had before. What are we doing with the extra time that we have on our hands? Let me ask you this this morning. Are you feeding your faith or feeding your fear? The secular news will feed your fear. The sacred scriptures will feed your faith. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing, by hearing the word of the Lord. So this morning I want to challenge you to feed your faith with the word of God. Now is a good time for you to to develop a devotional life if you don't have one. And if you already have a devotional life, then it is a good time for you to grow your devotional time. Now is the time to spend time in the Word. Now is the time to spend time talking to God. Now is the time to develop and grow our faith. For most of us, we can no longer use as an excuse, I don't have time. And some of you are listening to me today, and and you said, man, I'd read the Word if I had time. Oh, I'd pray if I had time. Well, Well, you got time now. Are you using that time To grow your faith. I challenge you, grow your faith. Feed your faith by listening not only to our streaming services, and I hope that you are. And listen, I hope that you are not just doing it once, but I hope that throughout the week you are tuning in again. You are going on and and watching the recording again, feeding your faith, letting God build your faith through the Word of God. I encourage you to feed your faith not just by listening to our streaming services, but also the streaming services of other great churches. There's other great churches and other great preachers out there. And tune into them and let them build your faith through the Word of God. Because here's what I know, and that is God uses anointed preaching. God uses anointed teaching to build and grow our faith. Faith comes. How does it come? It comes by, by, by hearing the word of the Lord. I can personally testify that, that, that God has used the ministries of great men of God in my past, powerfully anointed by the Holy Spirit. God has used them to grow and develop and build my faith. Oh, I remember many times when I was searching for the will of God and seeing what God had next for me in my life. And I went to a meeting and and the men of God, empowered by the Holy Spirit, would preach something. And faith would begin to arise in my heart and arise in my spirit to do what I had heard God tell me to do. I pray that will happen to some of you today. Oh, you've been contemplating what God wants you to do. Maybe God has been speaking to your heart, but you just didn't seem to have the faith to do it. I pray that faith will arise in your heart and faith will arise in your spirit today. And even through the preaching of the word of God, it will build your faith to believe that God can do what he said he could do. And God will use you to do what he has called you to do. Faith can be grown by hearing and heeding the Word of God. Notice the third thing about faith, and that is faith guarantees us divine intervention. 
it guarantees us divine intervention. Hebrews chapter 11, sometimes called God's Hall of Fame of Faith. You'll find in this 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews, it, it contains the who's who of faith. People who, because of their faith, experience divine intervention. People like Moses. Like Moses, who through faith experienced 40 years of God's supernatural provision, where three million Israelites were provided for every single day for 40 years. People like Noah, that through faith he experienced supernatural protection. Oh, when the entire world was flooded, he and his family were protected. People like Joseph, who experienced supernatural prosperity during seven years of famine. Faith guarantees us divine intervention. Here's what I know, and here's what I believe, and that is God always takes care of people of faith. David said in Psalm 37, verse 23 through 25, he said the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He said he delights in every detail of their lives. He goes on to say, though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them up by his hand. David went on to finish by saying, once I was young, he said, now I'm an old man. But he said, in all of these years, he said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen God's children begging for bread. Let me encourage you today. Remind yourself that God has given you faith. You have faith. You have faith. God's word says you have been given faith. So I encourage you to grow the faith that you have been given. And I encourage you today to use the faith that you have. And if you will use the faith that you have and grow the faith that you have, I promise you, you will experience divine intervention. Well, let's look at another provision that God promises us, and that is finances. Finances. I love Matthew 6 and 33. Jesus said, seek the kingdom of God above everything else. And live righteously, Jesus said. And if you do that, Jesus said, God will give you everything you need. And then Paul writes in Philippians 4.19, he said, My God shall supply all of your need. Say all your need. Yeah, my God shall supply all of your need. He's going to do it according unto his riches in glory. I have personally experienced God's supernatural provision in the area of finances many, many, many times, both personally and for the churches that I have pastored. I, I could stand up here and tell you story after story after story after story of God's supernatural provision for me and my family and for the churches that we have served. Truth of the matter is, without a financial miracle 17 years ago, our church would not be here today. Well, I want to suggest three things that we need to understand about finances. First, we need to understand the, par the partnership. Yeah, we need to understand the partnership. First Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 2, uh, Paul calls us stewards. Now, we understand that a steward is a manager. 
A steward is not an owner. A steward is a manager. A, a, a steward is, a, is someone that manages the affairs of somebody else. Psalm 24 and 1 says that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. You know, we like to say my house, my car, my this, my that. No, it's not yours. It belongs to the Lord. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So everything that we have is on loan to us by God. Everything that we have belongs to God and God has allowed us to manage his property. We are in partnership with God. I ask you this morning, what kind of a partner are you? What are you doing with what you have been entrusted with? The second thing I think we need to understand concerning finances is, that is we need to understand the priority. We need to understand the priority. Proverbs 3 and 9 says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. Say first fruits. Say all. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. Verse number 10 says that if you will do that, it says, Then God will fill your barns with grain, and he will fill your vats with, till they overflow with good wine. But notice the sequence. Giving precedes receiving. Now, people mistakenly say, when I get more, I'll give more. I've heard that before. You know, pastor, when I get more, I will give more. But that's not what the Word of God says. The Word of God says if you will give more, then you will get more. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 again. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits. Not what's left over, but the first fruits are off of the top of all of your increase, of everything that comes your way. If you do that, then, the Bible says in verse number 10, God will fill your barns. And I love Malachi chapter 3 and verse number 10. It says to bring all the tithe into the storehouse. How much? All of it. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse. Okay, okay, if I do that, what's going to happen? Well, it goes on to tell us what will happen. God says that if you will bring into the storehouse all the tithe, God says there in verse 10, he says, I will open for you the windows of heaven, and I will pour out for you such blessing that you will not even have room enough to receive all of the blessing that I have to heap upon you. And then Jesus himself said in Luke chapter 6 and verse 38, Jesus said, give, and what will happen? Jesus, what will happen if I give? Jesus says, give, and it will be given to you. But not only will it be given to you, but it will be given to you with good measure. It will be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, and overflowing. So what is the priority of our finances? God first. Here's what I believe this morning. If you want more, give more. I said, if you want more, give more. Here's what I believe. And that is, I believe that giving opens the door to more. You may or may not believe that. And that's up to you this morning. But listen, I'm not going to argue about it this morning because listen, you may have an argument, but I have an experience. I've walked this thing out many, 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 many years and I believe and I've seen it. It has happened in my own life. And that is that giving opens the door for more because you can't outgive God. You can't outgive God. Well, notice the third thing about our finances and that is I want us to notice the prudence. Now, To be prudent means to be watchful. It means to be careful. It means to use wisdom. 
Let me make a very, very sad statement this morning. And this is the statement, that is, there are a lot of broke tithers. You heard me correctly. There are a lot of broke tithers. But they're broke not because God has not given them anything, but they're broke because they have mismanaged what God did give to them. See, see, tithing is not a magical bullet to financial success. Listen, listen, not only do we need to be a giver and a tither, and yes, we get the blessing of God, and yes, God provides for us, but we have to use wisdom in the provision that God puts into our hands. And so often we're asking God for more, and I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if God might be scratching his head and saying, you want me to give you more? Why in the world would I want to give you more? Because you are mishandling and misusing what I am already given you. And until you learn to do and use wisdom of what you have, only then will I be able to give you more. If you're sitting in the room with someone, turn to them and say, ouch. Jesus said it this way. He said, he who is faithful in little will be faithful in much. But he went on to say that if you are not faithful with little, you will not be faithful with much. I do not want to be unkind. Neither do I want to heap condemnation on anybody today. That is not my purpose. But I do want to help somebody. I do want to help someone today. Proverbs 15, verse 31 and 32 says, If you listen to to constructive criticism, you will be at home with the wise. But if you reject it, you will only harm yourself. So I'm going to ask you some tough questions this morning. Here's the question this morning. It's pretty tough. Were you prepared financially for this shelter in place? May I ask this question this morning? Do you have an emergency fund? May I ask this question this morning? How long could you pay your bills if you didn't have any money coming in, if you didn't have a salary, if you lost your job? Let me ask you this this morning. Could you do a better job in managing your finances? Let me ask you this question this morning. Have you learned anything about your finances in this pandemic? Let me ask this final question this morning, that is, which would you rather have, stuff or security? Which would you rather have, stuff or security? Yes, 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 God has promised to provide for us financially, but he expects us to honor him by making him our number one financial priority and by being prudent with all our finances. Well, let's look at the third promise of provision that I want to talk about today. And that is favor. Favor. I want to suggest three things about favor this morning. First of all, I want to suggest that it's valid. Favor is valid. Psalm uh, 5, verse number 12 says, God blesses the righteous with favor. And Proverbs 3, verse 4 and 5 says, The kind and the loyal will find favor, notice, with both God and man. So, so hear me this morning. Favor is, is valid. It's a real thing. Not only is favor valid, but it's valuable. See, you just cannot overestimate the value 
of favor. It is impossible, absolutely impossible, to overestimate the value of favor. Somebody said a moment of favor is worth more than a lifetime of labor. That's pretty valuable. And here's why. Because favor can open closed doors. Doors that have been closed to you in the past, but now because of favor, the door has been opened. Favor can get you an audience with the right people. People that no other way could you have an audience with them, but because you have favor with another person who has favor with that person, favor will get you an audience with those people. Here's another thing that favor can do. Favor can put you in places you could not be otherwise. And here's another thing, and that is favor can get you out of places. Yeah, favor can get you out of places, and it can get you out of predicaments that wouldn't otherwise happen. Favor is valuable. Proverbs 22, verse 1 says, Choose favor over silver and gold. That's pretty valuable. Well, the third thing I want to say about favor, I don't really want to say it, but it's true, and that is it can vanish. As easy as favor comes sometimes, that's how easy it can go. Let me ask you, have you ever lost favor with somebody you had it with? Sure you have. I have. So here's what we need to do, and that is we need to be very, very careful to guard the favor that we have. If God has given us favor with a person, if God has given us favor with a group, if God has given us favor with the people, we need to guard it. We need to be very, very careful oh, with the favor that we have been given because the favor that we have been given can be gone just as quickly. Well, the takeaway for the message today is this, and that is recognizing God as our provider will help to reduce our stress. Recognizing God as our provider will help to reduce our stress. Let me also say this. It's our source and not our resources that bring us security. If your security comes from your resources, then, then you will become insecure when those resources diminish. If your security is in your job, what's going to happen when your job is taken from you? No, 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 my friends. Our security does not come in our resources, but our security comes from our source, and through our source comes our resources. If security comes from God, who is our source, we will never have to be insecure. Aren't you grateful today for God's promises? Aren't you glad for God's promise of provision? I'm, I'm telling you this morning, I don't know what it is that you need. I, I don't know what it is that you lack today. But I'm telling you that God is your source today. Man is not our source, but God is our source. And he is promised. And he is not a man that he should lie. It is impossible for God to lie. And God has promised us that he would take care of us. He has promised us that he would provide for us. God is our source of provision. God and God alone is our security. Well, speaking of security, 
Let me ask you this this morning. Do you have any security for your eternal salvation? I said, do you have any security for your eternal salvation? Have you made Jesus the Lord of your life? Is Jesus the source of your salvation? If he's not, then you're insecure today because outside of Christ, salvation is insecure. But inside of Christ and because of Christ and through Christ, we have security in our salvation. Are you secure in your salvation? If you're not, I want to help you be secure. The way we receive security in our salvation, the way that we get saved, according to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 8, is and that is if we put our faith in God's grace. Oh, by grace are you saved through faith. And so the requirements for salvation is God's grace. God's grace is what Jesus did for us on the cross. That's God's part. Our part is putting our faith in God's grace. If you'd like to place your faith in God's grace today for your salvation, I want you to pray this prayer with me this morning. Understanding that it's not the prayer itself that saves, but through the prayer, that's the vehicle that we use in order to put our faith in God's grace, and that is what brings salvation. Pray this prayer with me. Pray it from your heart, not just your lips. Pray, dear God. I'm insecure concerning salvation. I want to be secure and to know that I'm saved. So today, I want to meet my requirement for salvation. You met your requirement through the blood of Jesus Christ. My requirement is to put my faith in that blood. So today, I place my faith for my salvation in the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses me from all unrighteousness. If you prayed that prayer with all sincerity, I believe the Lord heard your prayer. I believe the Lord saved you today. We'd love to help you get in contact with us and we will lead you to your next step. Maybe you're listening to me today, watching me today, and you're struggling in the area of insecurity because of all that is happening all around you, all that is happening in our world today. I ask you this morning, is your security determined by your source or your resources? I challenge you today, place your faith in Jesus Christ, who is your source. He is our source of security. God, I pray today for those that are insecure today. Lord, they're worried, they're concerned, they're anxious, they're losing sleep. Lord, Lord, they're wringing their hands, they're walking the floor. Lord, they're going crazy. God, I just pray today that you will help them today. God, to place their faith in you. God, I pray that you will encourage them today. Lord, I pray this word today will help build their faith to believe you today, to help them through this time. I just pray blessing upon everyone watching and listening today. And I just speak peace that passes all understanding that comes only through Christ Jesus. I speak it over those that are watching and listening today in Jesus' name. Amen.